Aguas. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. Somebody should have told me it would be like this, be like this, be like this. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. Alan, how you doing, my brother? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Oh, man, what a track you picked this week. Look, usually I always go into saying, hey, Alan, give me your thoughts and then I'll give you my thoughts afterwards. But I just want to get my thoughts out real quick. And then let you go, right? First things first. I can't believe you beat me to J. Cole. I can't believe you <laughs> picked Cole before me. That's number one. Number two. Oh, my God. I want to apologize to the listeners this week. Because I think I might have highlighted the whole track almost. That 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 might be... This might be the most I've ever highlighted of a track. So apologies for delivery of the bars and you know, the length that which I might have to talk for. And then thirdly, I just wanted to say the first time I heard J. Cole was on the warm-up and it was a grown Simba. Uh, now I was dreaming about a deal at the age of 13. I was feeding for the meals, I ain't talking Burger King. Some of my niggas in the field, all they did was surfing. Fuck scales, I had skills all day rehearsing. The pretty boys had them gals, spent their time flirting. All they wanted was some waves like they fucking surfing. Hold up now, don't get it twisted, I ain't hating, do your thing. I was like a young Simba, couldn't wait to be the king. Now nigga is the prince. That's where my journey with Cole started. I don't like everything else most people would have heard of. He's a massive star. That's all I want to say. Grown Simba. That was my tune. That's where it began for me and with Cole. Alan, why did you pick this track this week? You know what? It it makes sense that you would be surprised that I picked it first because I kind of slept on Cole quite a bit, to be fair. Like I don't know what the Simba track is. You just mentioned like a lot of Cole's early music. I just haven't heard. And I think the first album I came across was uh, 2014 4SL Drives and I still don't know a huge amount more than that and in this song in particular I think I think it was just a YouTube algorithm suggestion that brought it up and I was familiar with the track Waves uh, since 9-5, mama been working 9-5 And I know the landlord fed up with our lives So we pray to the guys, the jobs, and the our lives To keep us safe and watch our lives Cause all we trying to do is do good Put on my hood when I walk through hoods Cause these niggas these days is local You get it in your vocals if you ain't a local By Joey Badass, which originally used this beat And that's a great track, true, so I... I guess like the algorithm showed me that because I'd listened to it and I thought this was just such a brilliant take on that beat because often when two people do the same beat you're like one of them is just better but th- these are both two great songs on such a such a calm beat 
And for this one, there's just too much truth. As you, as you discovered, there's too much truth in this song. And it's kind of perfect for for the pod. And I think this is the best kind of J. Cole as well. He's telling stories. He's talking about his life. And so this one's been on my BRL list. I gathered that since you highlighted the entire song, you enjoyed it too. <laughs> Absolute facts, bro. Let's get in. Who's first? Of course, it's you. Ego in charge of every move, he's a star, and we can't look away due to the days he caught our hearts. Ego in charge of every move, he's a star, and we can't look away due to the days that he caught our hearts. So I know that a lot of the lines in this song refer to Kanye, or Ye, as he likes to be known now. If anyone hasn't seen the Nori podcast that has Ye on it, you need to check it out because it is sick, it's hilarious, funny. And crazy it all at the same time. You've got to check it out. I'll send you the link, Alan. Yeah. It's yay just being yay. There's no other way to describe it. But regards to his lines, I just thought about how many times in life that I have made adjustments, allowances, because of people that have caught my heart since back in the day. And I'm not just talking romantically, I'm talking about friends, boys, people from the past. People from the past I even used to idolise for whatever reason. And it reminds me of a specific story before I go on my sort of conclusion and sort of the bars, rhymes and life take. But I don't know if you remember, we were at uni. So we finished school and we were on a late night out and we were driving around. And I think I was driving you back home. And for some reason, we saw a person that went to our school that we weren't particularly close to. We just remembered him from school. And we decided to, at 4am in the morning, drop him to work at Heathrow Airport. <laughs> oh, good memories. And we can't look away due to the days that he caught our hearts. And it's not the fact that I think we knew that guy really closely. It's just the fact that People from the past connect us to something that mattered at the past. We had a lot of good fun at school. He was a reminder of that. And we just said, hey, you know what? We couldn't look away. When you saw him, when you clocked him, you couldn't look away. Yeah. And you said, hey. And then I said, hey. And we dropped him all the way to Heathrow. Another five miles. Or at least another, you know, five miles past where you live. Just to come back on ourselves. So... I just think that, that that's a bars, rhymes, a life take for me. And then the conclusion for that is, is that it's really hard for anyone to let go of this behavior. But I can honestly say that now I've broke the fifth dimension in this. Any ex-friends from a long time ago, if I haven't been in contact with you in the last 10 years, I couldn't give a fuck about you or what you're doing. I can and I will look away even if you once captured my heart. Thanks, Cole. You're giving me the knowledge. From the moment this track started. <laughs> so they're not going to get a lift to work. They ain't getting a lift. If I see you at a bus stop and I recognise you, you ain't getting a lift to work. That's it. Facts. <laughs> Shout out that guy, man. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, nice. I'm up next. There was a time when this N-word was my hero, maybe. That's the reason why his fall from grace is hard to take. There was a time when this nigga was my hero, maybe. That's the reason why his fall from grace is hard to take bars so like you said it's no secret that he's talking about Kanye here the whole first verse is pretty much about 
Kanye. But the great thing about this track for this and the other verse is that even if he's talking about someone specific, the bars are relatable. They're relatable for everyone. And I think they apply to everyone. And it's true of this line. It could be about any artist or anyone who's a hero in someone's eyes, but then they fall from grace. And it's so hard to see people that you idolize or identify with or vouch for in some way do or say something that you just don't agree with. And it's a real tough line to walk because, like, where do you draw the line? And this is a question that Kendrick asks on Mortal Man. Like, when shit hits the fan, are you still a fan? And with that being said, my nigga, let me ask this question. When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? When shit hit the fan... When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? And I think of that line a lot when I hear this verse because, you know, Kendrick is saying you need to stick by the artists you support, which I would agree with. But then also at some point, there is going to be something that you just can't let slide when then you have to be like, nah, I'm not, I'm not with this person anymore. But having said that, I don't think that means you have to abandon their art just because you don't like or agree with them or something that they've said. And I've always called this Kanye's law because I've been calling it that ever since that Taylor Swift thing, because even if you don't like or agree with someone, I think you can enjoy their art. And Kanye was the perfect example for this, because even when he's being ridiculous and even when he's just out here doing things and you're just shaking your head like, what is he on about? You put on like Dark Fantasy or you put on Graduation or it's just any, even the more recent tracks. And you're just like, this is this is a track that this is it still bangs and this is still still good art even if you don't like the person. So, you know, everyone decides where they draw the line. Like Cole says, sometimes it's hard to let go of someone who meant something to you, even if you don't know them. Facts, man. And I love that Kanye law. That's a that's a bar in itself, bro. That's that's a Kanye's law. <laughs> that's a bars rhymes and life term that I might have to hijack from you going on in the future because i'm sure whenever you like someone and then someone says oh yeah but that person did this really shit thing you're just like kanye's law <laughs> sick that's absolutely fire who's next you're up the type of n-word swear he real but all around him's fake the women the dick riders you know the yes men nobody with the balls to say something to contest him so he grows out of control into the person that he truly was along is starting to show. The type of niggas swear he real, but all around us fake. The women, the dick riders, you know the yes men. Nobody with the balls to say something to contest them. So he grows out of control. Until the person that he truly was all along is starting to show. I've got an interesting take on this. So the first two interesting. One not so interesting. Two maybe interesting. <laughs> the first is, is the greatest description of who you are as a person the people that you surround yourself by. If I told you that, Alan, you've got this huge opportunity, but what you need to do is to put forward people that you directly know to represent who you are. I don't know about you, but for me, I would be surprised at how many people who think that they would be one of those people don't end up being part of the mix. You would be surprised at how many people would probably neglect their parents for this, for whatever reason. I don't know about you, but this is how I think about it, is that you think, oh, that guy's a really, really good friend of mine. He's really close. And if that situation occurred where he needed people to represent who he is, I'd probably be in that first, you know, four or five people. And then 
you're not in those four or five people, you go to yourself, oh, how how do I feel? Does, am I making sense to you with regards mm. to the example? Yeah. So I felt like the whole thing around yes men and people, I, I, I found that that really interesting, like into the person he truly was along. And I wanted to highlight that the thing that I love really about this the most is into the person he truly was all along is starting to show because I think that there's a hidden duality in this because my thing is is that when people like Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, when they they did what they started to do, let's make no mistake, people started to gas them and hype them up really hard, right? When Martin Luther King gave that speech, the I Have a Dream speech, how many people were there? And you know, what's the square called? I can't remember what it's called or what's that. What's the location? The Washington Monument. I don't know where it was. How many people were there? Like, what kind of crowd and fame he brings? It was insane. He would have been surrounded by loads of yes men, and yet they became the people who they were all along. There's an incredible duality in that. It's insinuated that Kanye had nothing but yes men around him. He's eventually starting to show who he is all along. And I'm saying that there's also good people out there that if you say to them, yes, 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 yes to everything, they'll just do good in their lives. And if you've got someone who's probably, I don't know, swaying the other way and they've got people that will just say yes to everything, that all their demands, they can go completely the wrong way. And I, I just love that duality. That's a duality I picked in that. I think that was really clever. That's not obvious. Yeah, I completely agree. I almost highlighted this line and I was thinking basically the same thing. I was listening to something the other day uh, where the author was talking about power and the idea that power corrupts and power always corrupts. And they were saying that there's another idea that power doesn't always necessarily corrupt, but it always reveals. Bars. Alan, you are coming with the bars today, bro. (laughs) It reveals what a person is. And that's what Cole is saying here, right? He's saying that once Ye had all that power, so to speak, he revealed the person he was and, and started doing things that maybe he couldn't have done when he didn't have the power. But like you said, some other people, they get the power and you see that they are actually always a good person because they use it for the right reasons. So power reveals. That's a bar, man. Love that. Who's next? You're up. Maybe it's my fault for idolizing N-words based off the words they be rapping. But come to find out, these N-words don't even write they shit. Maybe it's my fault for idolizing niggas based off the words they be rapping. When come to find out, these niggas don't even write they shit. It's really hard for me to accept that a lot of rappers have gross writers. But I have a question (laughs) for you, Alan. I have a question. Would you have an artist write their own bars, but see the quality of their work completely diminished? Or have ghostwriters and have mad quality in the musicality and everything that they bring. See, for me, collaboration is king. And I just don't think we make the same challenges on singing artists. So many artists, so many great singers have not written any of their songs. As far as I'm aware, Ed Sheeran writes all of his own music. And he has so much music to spare that he just casually chucks out songs to all these other great artists to sing and stuff. Yet we don't call those artists out the way we call rappers. And so this was my question to you. I hate, like, I hate the fact that maybe a rap tune that I really love might not be written by that artist that I love. But 
going with what Cole's writing here, and I'm sort of challenging what Cole's writing here and saying, you know, does it matter? Does it matter? Because we, we hold it to a different standard. I think we do hold it to a different standard, but I think that's because hip-hop and rap, it it has a different origin to those other forms of music, and it's, it's almost got a different genesis. It comes from, like, slam poetry and sort of, like, street rap and, and battles, and there's something about rap, the way that often rappers will reference themselves, so much more so than other genres, that if it's not written, it seems... I don't want to say inauthentic, but it just, it seems like it's in a different category. Like I know for a fact that in the Beatles first, maybe five albums, probably 50% of each album was other people's songs. They would cover other people's songs, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just, that was just a done thing, not just at the time, but also just in pop music in general. It seems completely normal for like Neo to write a song for Beyonce, for example, because in pop, in pop music, it just seems like that's the done thing. But for some reason in rap, it's hard to put my finger on why it seems less authentic when you haven't written the bar. So knowing that Jay-Z wrote Still Dre, there's something about that that's like, uh, it, it's literally called Still Dre. And so it feels inauthentic, even though no one's hiding it, it's on the credits. But something about it just feels inauthentic in hip-hop. And I think that's why people hold it hold rap differently. And I can kind of, I can kind of agree with it. Like on bars, rhymes, and life, I think it would be very strange for us to put someone on a pedestal and talk about their music if they hadn't written it. It would just be strange. Man, I appreciate the answer. I appreciate the thoughts, and and you know, I have to kind of agree with you. I don't think we're disagreeing initially and in the first place, but I just, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a struggle. You can that definitely one. have collaborative writing. Like a lot of rappers, if you look at the credits of their songs, will have their name and then five other names. Which is fine. You have collaborative writing. That's normal. But not writing it at all, it sometimes feels a little bit, I don't know. Because one of the main skills of, of rap is in the writing. It's hard to separate that, you know. You could just be a great deliverer of rap. Like, you just have the skill to deliver it really well. But so much of it is in the writing. And I guess maybe Cole's suggesting that I, I, you might be able to clarify this for me in terms of ghostwriters don't get the credit sometimes isn't it like they don't they don't appear on anything and so i think if they don't then it's like even more shady like that's the shadiest even more bit. respect yeah. yeah if you're not even crediting people then you're definitely then you're definitely like you know being shady but yeah it's an interesting one man yeah <laughs> <laughs> who's next you're up damn that's what i get for lying to myself damn that's what i get for lying to myself facts alan Every time something bad has happened to me in my life, nine times out of ten, it's because I've been lying to myself about the situation. And it's not always it's not always mental. I know that this one's kind of my geared towards like, you know, your mental well-being and like telling yourself, lying to yourself about something. But I can honestly say before my knee got smashed into, I was ignoring pain and my general physical strength. I was I was lying to myself saying, yeah, I should be fine for football, but I wasn't. And that one lie I told myself is what got my knee snapped into two and has put me out of sports and recreation and fitness for a, for a year and almost two months now. So, damn, that's what you get for lying to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Just be truthful, about it, truthful to yourself on those matters. That's all I have to say. Bars, rhymes and life, bro. <laughs> yeah, so it's true. You find often when 
things go a bit wrong. If you're not honest with yourself, you just make it worse. Ah, facts. That's exactly what happened to me. Do not ignore pain. I'm not saying that you should stop everything completely, but just do not ignore pain. Try, you know, your pain is the body telling your brain something's up. Sort it out. <laughs> Who's next? You're up. I got a homie, he a rapper, and he won a win bad. He won all the fame, the acclaim, and the respect that's been had by all the legends. So every time I see him, he's stressing, talking about N-words don't fuck with him. The shit is depressing. And I know he's so bitter, he can't see his own blessing. I got a homie, he a rapper, and he want to win bad. He want the fame, the acclaim, the respect that's been had by all the legends. So every time I see him, he's stressing, talking about niggas don't fuck with him. The shit is depressing, and I know he's so bitter, he can't see his own blessings. Send me snap on that. Oh, nice. This is a very, very universal feeling. And I think J. Cole is describing a mixture of peer pressure and being obsessed about what you don't have versus what you do have. Especially in the rap game, validation can become so obsessive to the point where it's destructive. And I mean, it's a slippery slope. Like, how many followers do you need before you tell yourself you're famous, Alan? How many of your idols do you need validation from before you tell yourself you're certified? Think about it. Imagine, and this is what I was, I think Cole's amazing with this, these bars, is the fact, imagine if your idol is still in the game. Imagine that his character doesn't match his bars. He might have the selfish intentions of never giving the props that you deserve because he don't want you to receive that shine. He's in competition with you. And so you're actually giving that, that person, that rapper, a position of power over you because you're like, ah, oh, I wish my idol certified me but he's just saying nothing but bad now, if you say this guy's my favorite rapper and then your favorite rapper gets questioned by another reporter who's still in the game saying what do you think about abby's bars or abby as a rapper he might not never certify you he might not ever give you that validation because he's in the game it's a competitive game right and i feel like i've had that meant like that approach with things with regards to promotions and opportunities I used to think of certain things like job opportunities and promotions like I've done everything white. Why have I not got the job? Why have I not got the promotion? And it's a case of, well, you put all your power and you put all your eggs in that one basket for that one person to make a decision on you. And why are you going to give that decision to them? Because they might actually perceive you as competition. And you weren't like you weren't meant to approach it like that, Abby. You're not meant to approach it like that. So I was I and I can be the first to admit that I think for at least two promotion approaches, I got so bitter I couldn't see my own blessings. It's only until I saw my own blessings that I figured out a way to negotiate something else. So just nothing but love and one of the reasons why I highlighted half this track, man. It's just so much knowledge in this track <laughs> for me, bro. Yeah, I sort of carried on basically from your bar. And I know he's so bitter, he can't see his own blessings, goddamn, you too blind to see you got fans, and a platform to make a classic rap song, to change the N-word's life, but you too anxious living life. God damn nigga, you too blind to see you got fans nigga, and a platform to make a classic rap song, to change a nigga's life, but you too anxious living life. Half a snap and with you on the next line, so sorry bro. Oh, just completely <laughs> overlapping, aren't we? Yeah. It's, it, it's such a great line, like you said, and this line is part of the reason why I chose this song this week actually and it's because of what we talked about 
on the last episode with Logic, it reminded me of this track. And like we said back then, like Logic's got bars and then like he, the guy can rap his ass off. But he, especially at the later stage of his career, a lot of his content was preoccupied with how his fans were reacting to him. And like the, the fact that some of them didn't like his new stuff, like the track that we looked at, Dad Bod, he basically says, like, you're not interested in my life as it is now. Like, you don't want to hear this. Um, and, and basically, I'm not going to rap anymore because you're not interested on this. And the thing is, he has, like, a real loyal fan base. He, he still does. And, like, a platform. And, like, what a thing to have, you know? What a position to be in. And that's not, again, that's no shade to him. Like, he, he to do what is what is good for him. But I really agree with what Cole says here about appreciating what you have like i appreciate the small number of people who listen to our pod on a regular basis whoever they are and it's really a small number of people but i'm still grateful and i'm not gonna worry about the others that aren't listening you know or if somebody does listen and it's not their cup of tea that's fine and i think i said to you at the start of all this if one person listens to it and says oh i, I like that thing you said it made me think about this or it made me think about that in my eyes this is success so yeah, I completely agree with Cole here. Sick. Yeah, so I, I've I've carried on and probably going to reiterate a lot of what you said there. But I carried on with the lines, always worried about the critics who ain't ever fucking did it. I write what's in my heart. Don't give a fuck who's fucking with it. Always worry about the critics who ain't never fucking did it. I write what's in my heart. Don't give a fuck who fucking with it. And I just wanted to say thanks, Cole, because... This is why we do bars, rhymes, and life, right, Alan? Ain't this the reason why we do it? It's like Absolutely. there's no better way to describe it. We try to relate to the rhymes to shed light on our lives. And while we have nothing but mad love for anyone that listens to us, we genuinely don't give a fuck if you don't fuck with us as well. Like, if you don't fuck with us, if you listen to us and you don't like it, cool. But <laughs> just a massive thank you to anyone who's listening to us. And Cole couldn't have said it any better. Who's next? True. You're up. But in a sense, I can relate. The need to be great turns into obsession and keeps a N-word up late. Writing words, hoping people observe the dedication that stirs in you constantly, but intentions get blurred. But in a sense, I can relate. The need to be great turns into an obsession and keeps a nigga up late. Writing words, hoping people observe the dedication that stirs in you constantly, but intentions get blurred. Send me snap on that as well. Nice. The the line I wanted to highlight here more than anything else, and it's probably my favourite line of the track, but intentions get blurred. I feel this is another thing that happens when you set out to do something for yourself, for someone else that you care for, and without realising you're somewhere else. What you started to do, you, you, you didn't end up doing. You ended up somewhere else. And you have no idea how you got there or how much time you may have lost. And I, I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful line that that you, be, you might be driving towards something. And that thing that you are driving towards is so hellbent. And yet you'll look back five years ago saying, this was, this was my cause. This was my dream. This is what I want to do. This is what I wanted to do. But you're, you're not, it's not that you're not any closer. You're just not on the same path the intentions get blurred yeah I, f I find it just a beautiful beautiful line man i really do i feel it's open to so much interpretation and just love it yeah i um i kind of highlighted the first part of that this 
hoping that people observe the dedication. It just says to me, is he still a fly guy clapping if nobody ain't hear it? You know, it's like you just want people to observe the dedication. And we all experience it, like we said before, like not just the need to succeed, but the need for other people to witness our success and acknowledge our success. But the main reason I highlighted this is the bit about staying up late writing words. This triggered a real distinct memory for me. I must have been about 16 back in Hounslow. It's maybe 4am in the morning and I've sat up in my bed, not able to sleep. And I get so frustrated with not being able to sleep that I just turn the light on, get a notebook and just start writing like rhymes and poems. And I write this poem and I wish I still had it. Like I don't, I have no idea where it's gone now. But all I can remember of it is that it was called Endless. And it was about insomnia. And it was about how you feel tired in the day and then you can't sleep at night. And then by the time you feel tired enough to fall asleep, the next day has already started. And I remember it finished with the line, this is the only thing I can remember about it, is the final line, night follows day, day follows night, endless. <laughs> and I don't, think I, I don't think I ever intended for anyone else to read that stuff. So it wasn't the same as like Cole, you know, wanting people to observe the dedication. But it was still like, there was still a sense of wanting to do something creative or something useful in that moment out of like pure frustration. Like maybe I can turn this like bullshit into something creative. But ultimately it never really worked like that because insomnia isn't good for creativity in the same way that like depression isn't good for creativity. Like those things just slow you down and make everything harder. But it's a super relatable line for me, man. Just staying up late and just writing. That's a sick story, bro. I didn't even know that story. So nobody uh, knows that story. <laughs> well, they do now. <laughs> if if there's a piece of paper floating about and you manage to get hold of it or whatever, <laughs> and it's got a poem called Endless on it, hand that in. That shit. Or, or even better, convert it into an NFT. You might make four million off it or something. <laughs> um, fire, Alan. I love that. I love that memory because... It just reminds me, of, and it reminds you of an Alan thing to do back in the day. That that reminds me Definitely. of you, bro, in a really weird way, but love it. All right, who's next? You're up. My lowest moments came from trying too hard to impress some N-words that couldn't care if I'm on. Therefore, from hair on out, my hair grow out. I care nothing about opinions. I want to give hope like the fountains you throw pennies in. Hit the store, take your diss, make your wish. This is dedicated to the ones that listen to me on some faithful shit. My lowest moments came from trying too hard to impress some niggas that couldn't care for more. Therefore, from here on out, my hair grow out. I care nothing about opinions. I want to give hope like the fountains you throw pennies in. Hit the store, take your diss, make your wish. This is dedicated to the ones that listen to me on some faithful shit. Just like Jay is giving thanks to all the dedicated ones that listen to him, we don't care about opinions. Or any hate that comes our way to or, or towards us. We just like want to say thank you. Or I just want to say thank you. I'm sure Alan wants to say thank you too. To all our listeners who are on some the same faithful shit. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I love how honest Cole is in this song and in this line in particular. It's so down to earth as well when he says like, 
he's trying so hard to, to please the crowd or prove himself and then he feels like it doesn't work. But when he just wears his heart on his sleeve and just opens up and tells his story and speaks his truth and, and people tune in, people relate to that and they appreciate it. So as well as him feeling better about being, you know, true to himself, it's also more successful in that sense. And I think, again, it's just relatable again for everyone. I think there's a reason why everyone finds their teenage years so stressful is because you're still in that mode of trying to present yourself in a certain way. Like you're in this massive social setting, which is like, it's a ruthless little society in many ways, like secondary school or high school. And so often you'll just put up a shield or like a front, you know, you, you might, you might people please, or, you know, you might play the tough guy or just any number of masks that you could wear. But when you get more comfortable with yourself, when you stop trying so hard and start living your own truth, I think that's when things start clicking and things start to work out. It's, it's exactly what Cole has described here. So too, too much wisdom in this track. Too much. Hence why I highlighted pretty much 75% of this track. <laughs> um, nothing but love to J. Cole. Thank you so much for the music, bro. Nothing but love to all of Cole's fans. Nothing but love to all the BRL listeners out there. Nothing but love to you, Alan. One. Peace. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Be like this. Be like this. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Be like this. False prophets. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Be like this. Be like this. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Be like this. <laughs> he said it. You heard him, my man. Fire. Fire. We good, bro. Yo, thank you, man. Hell yeah.